are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day are listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter. At Creator Thomas24 for my personal account, or look up Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now, for today's show, we got Ben Caspic of Locked On Giants on to still discuss some trade deadline moves, some moves we wish we would have seen happen. And then we got Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres on the pod to discuss some MVP uh, odds and is Shohei Otani taking home the MVP award? Is it locked up? Does he have a chance at the Cy Young Award too? So we got a whole bunch of MVP talk today. But don't forget, join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors both present and past. Featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts. Subscribe to Locked On MLB today on the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, let's jump right into the pod with Ben Caspict of Locked On Giants. Ben, to wrap it up, was there any moves by any team that you that you wanted to see happen that didn't actually happen, or was there any rumors that you wanted to see happen that didn't actually happen? Because for me, I thought the Red Sox were a team that, you know, I, they're like my East Coast team. I like the – they're my American League team, and I wanted to see them go after Matt Scherzer. I felt like they were a team that – you know, could have used, uh, you know, another starter in their rotation. So is there any team like that who you felt like there was a move that they might have missed out on? Or you can even tell me, you know, a move that you felt like the Giants should have done that they didn't do. I don't know about moves that didn't happen that should have. There was a lot of seller, sellers that probably should have done more. I would D-backs. probably throw throw the D-backs into that mix. Like, like you said, Merrill Kelly, there's also they and maybe they did consider it, but you know, given where they are, they've got to consider like a Cattell Marte no. trade. No, Mm-mm. no, yeah. no, no. I We're mean, they don't have a lot to deal. Maybe uh, Paven Smith, some, you got to give up someone young and talented in order to, to bring back. I don't know. The the D-backs are in a bit of a tough spot. I think holding and kind of resetting is not the worst thing. Merrill Kelly, he's got what a club option looks like for 20 uh, 22. So, mm-hmm. um, the Rockies very disappointing that they did nothing. I mean, that yeah. that's kind of a joke, right? <laughs> like the fact that they held on to Trevor story and that he basically was caught off guard by it and very disappointed that he wasn't traded and he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. So what was really the point of keeping him? I get it, the qualifying offer, but, uh, I, I have a hard time believing they couldn't have gotten more, especially if they packaged him just like the nationals did package him with uh, John Gray as an example and try to get a good return. The Tigers didn't do as much as they should have. I thought Uh, the Royals, the fact that they always hold on to Whit Merrifield, like what are the Royals doing? Um, So there was a lot of that. I thought the twins did well to kind of trade off the pieces that they did, even though 
They entered the year with high expectations to trade Barrios. I'm sure it wasn't easy, but I thought they did really well on their return. I think they got about as good of a return as the, as the Nationals got for Turner and Scherzer. So the fact that the Twins were able to do that for just Barrios, I thought was impressive. And then I really liked the Yankees moves. I just have to kind of yeah. say that. The fact that they add a Gallo and a Rizzo to that lineup, I just think it makes a big difference. And they've they've actually been doing pretty well ever since those deals. And Rizzo's been on fire. So that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. The Giants adding a starter, I guess, would be the one thing mm-hmm. that I would say that that I wish that they did that they didn't do. But not a lot of starters moved, and the cost was high. I mean, we're we're talking about. I think. The you know Scherzer the the Dodgers had to give up a lot. They gave up their two best prospects. I was just upset they didn't include Gavin Lux. I thought if I'm the Nationals, I kind of have to insist on Gavin Lux in that deal. But it was a fascinating deadline. I mean, I don't know if you have a general takeaway from the deadline, but mine was that it was it was fun and one of the best, if not the best, that I can even remember. Yeah, my takeaway is that was the most uh, movement I've ever seen of any deadline in of the four American league sports, honestly, like basketball, football, hockey. Usually when we talk the deadlines, a lot of rumors, but usually big time players don't get moved. You might see one, you know, semi, you know, all-star caliber player get moved, maybe a couple, but baseball, this, this trade deadline, it was the first time where if you look at like MLB uh, trade rumors, top 60 trade candidates going into the deadline, I think 50 of them were moved. Like literally like 50 of them, like there was so much movement at this deadline. Anyone who was rumored to be in a trade pre deadline was pretty much moved at the deadline. Like you saw, full fire sales by teams like the Cubs and some other rosters. And I wish the D backs got in on that. I don't know if they were asking for too much or if player or if other teams really didn't value our players as highly, but someone like a Cole Calhoun who had 16 bombs and, you know, 45 to 60 games last year. Someone like a uh, David Peralta was rumored. I thought he could have been moved. We are not moving Ketel Marte right now. He's still got three years left. He's making like eight and a half million dollars for the next three seasons annually. Like he's pretty cheap. He's only 27. That's why I wouldn't move him just yet. Give it another couple years. If you still can't build anything, then you might have to move him. But I'm down to just give him a full, you know, max contract, 10-year deal, and let's just see what happens. I don't care. He's our franchise star. We try to build around him. But, yeah, crazy deadline, a lot of action. I, I loved it. I, I mean, I'm all about the rumors, the deals, and this deadline came through. I mean, I've never seen so many deals get moved at once, so many big-time players. The Yankees, they got a little redundant, but to add two, you know, true all-star caliber players in Rizzo and Gallo, like you're going to take that deal every time. And I felt like, you know, I felt like it was hard to gauge like the value of a lot of these players. Like some of the deals you saw, like, you know, like you said with the Dodgers, they gave up their two top prospects. But like you said with Chris Bryant, you felt like you kind of stole Chris Bryant. Like some deals it was like, yeah, we'll just give you our best player for nothing. And then some deals like, all right, Jose Barrios and give us, you know, three of your top five prospects or something. So I felt like gauging the market value was kind of hard for a lot of these stars. Yeah. And I think, I think for the giants, it came down to them, being willing to wait it out. Like I said, the last 10 minutes, because mm-hmm. it was one of the last moves to happen. And I don't know. I don't know if uh, the cub, the, the rumor was that the Cubs wanted Joey Bart, who's one of the giants top prospects. And there was actually a moment, not a moment, but like a half hour of panic around here when it was reported by a legitimate journalist that the return for Bryant was Lamont Wade jr. And Joey Bart, which would have been just a massive, return for the Cubs. So people here were genuinely kind of freaking out thinking 
because a legit reporter tweeted that out, that that was the return. So that was a little bit of drama, uh, but it ended up being Alexander Canario and Caleb Killian, who, you know, most people have never heard of Giants fans have heard of these guys, but it wasn't a huge return, but generally there were some major prospects moved and that's unusual in the sport. Like, um, the White Sox getting Kimbrel, but uh, they gave up Nick Madrigal, who's yeah. like a young stud under club control for six years, projects to be an everyday position player. It's pretty unusual for teams to trade guys like that, especially for an expensive reliever. I mean, Kimbrel's awesome, but I just thought teams' willingness to like make big moves came out in this deadline, and it's been a while since since we've seen anything like that, if ever. So. Yeah, like you, I, I really enjoyed it, especially when the Giants walked away with Chris Bryant. Yeah, I thought, yeah, what you just mentioned, I thought that was the sneakiest move of the deadline to get Nick Madrigal back because a lot of teams are just getting, you know, top prospects top prospects back or whatever. Not a lot of teams try to get that young player back with the potential who's already been on the major league level. Usually they want the guy that they have no clue what he is or they haven't seen. So getting Nick Madrigal back who was, a first round pick, I believe. Yeah, it was the fourth overall pick in the 2018 draft. So it wasn't even that long ago. 24 years old. He's been playing sparsely the last couple of years. He was solid this year. Uh, he had a 305 average in 54 games before he got hurt. 774 OPS. So nothing crazy, but he was pretty productive before he got hurt this year. He's got some upside. So I thought that was a great move by the Chicago Cubs to pull that off. Overall, great deadline. Ben Kaspik of Locked On Giants. Ben, where can the listeners go find you? I'm on Twitter at Ben Kaspik. Last name is spelled K-A-S-P-I-C-K. We have a show account as well, at L-O underscore SF Giants. And where can my listeners find you, Miller? At Creator Thomas 24 for my personal account. You know it's me when you see that little blue check mark. Oh, yeah, or, me too. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. Or just look up if you want the show account. Just type in Locked On Diamondbacks in the little search bar on both Twitter and Instagram, and you can find me. Ben, thanks for you know, doing this crossover with me today. It's been a, it's been busy out here with baseball, trade deadline. We had a little four-game series, an afternoon game today. Uh, but thanks for finding time to chat about the deadline in the NL West. Of course. I had a lot of fun anytime. You'll hear Javi and I talk about the MVP award, but did you know Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? They got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. There is a flavor for everyone, and the reason why I love Bilt Bar is because it's healthy. I'm a health conscious guy. I'm working out every day, but I have a sweet tooth, and Bilt Bar tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein and high in fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. Just go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Let's get back into the pod. You you say Bryce Harper is in the mix now for MVP. Maybe he's the leader of the hype train right now. But if you had to go to bet online and place your bet, do you think Tatis is taking home the award at the end of the season? Uh, honestly, yeah. I also think people just really want it, want to give him the award. And remember that there are human beings that vote for this. I think that 
the whole thing that's going to come down to is if Phillies win the division and this, the because I would say that I predict, and I think most people would agree that Tatis' stat line is probably going to be better than Bryce Harper's. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's better, but only like, yeah, it's better then I think that if the Phillies win the division, then there's a very good case for Bryce Harper. I've always been a proponent of that. We've talked about this before, that unless the discrepancy is like, you know, an 11 war versus a six, then my thing is like, let's like actually look into this. What was the story of the season? And if Harper comes back and joins this team and, you know, we're, we're all, we like bringing up numbers and stuff, but who knows what that does for the clubhouse, what that does for the, the rest of the lineup. We don't, there's, these are still human beings that play the sport. But if there is such a large description, uh, discrepancy between the two then my thing is like i don't care if the padres kind of don't make the playoffs because it would be very weird if all of a sudden baseball writers decide now is when we care about the record you've given mike trout like seven mvp awards and they haven't yes. made the playoffs before it there we go yes. Millard strikes back reach the truth hobby <laughs> so it's like I, I actually beefed about this a little bit of basketball this year where it was like oh so now is the first time ever you guys cared about the seeding not mattering so that's why i put steph curry third but anyway we won't have to get down that go down that road but i think that that would be a little bit unfortunate if they did that um do i approve of you know counting the wins and not i'm just saying like let's see how it pans out it's not over yet guys can make a run absolutely tatis can go bananas he can just go you know, super saying he can do everything for the next uh, month or so. And so can Harper. I think it's going to be fun. And honestly, I like that Harper's doing well. I'm a big Bryce Harper fan. I think that it's just so weird to look back at how he was called the chosen one and kind of like being the LeBron of baseball yeah. in the sense that he's drafted when he's like 16 makes his de- debut so early and all that. And, and I think part of it is because there's a lot of like forces that went against him on his come up in a lot of ways. I think, I mean, I mean this is a guy who like his first, like start just because he ran really fast when was pumped after his double people got mad at him it's like what and then it's like cole hamels being like welcome to the big leagues and throws at him intentionally so it's like part of his upbringing but this isn't a bryce Harper podcast um so that's that that's basically my perspective on it um but obviously you know who i'll be you know rooting for in this kind of mvp conversation yeah, I think Tatis basically just has to get as many games under his belt as possible because mm-hmm. I don't think the record is going to be too much a difference. I mean, they might finish between two games of each other. So even if the Phillies win the division, the, the Padres still might have a two-game lead on, on the Reds uh, regardless in, in terms of uh, better record. So I don't think it will make too much of a difference. I really think the biggest stat that matters for Fernando Tatis is games played because right now, even though he's only played 88 games, he still leads the end now in home runs, stolen bases, slugging, OPS, and OPS plus uh, he's going to be a league leader. He's going to be top five in pretty much every category and still lead uh, half the, the major offensive categories too. So I don't think there's really a, a, a big strong argument for not giving Tatis the MVP award outside games played, but do you apply the same logic they use for Tatis and Bryce Harper in terms of team record to a guy like Shohei Otani, who's gonna not be on a good team and he's in a pretty close race with Vlad Guerrero. Uh, I think that the Otani thing is officially no, like unless like he craters in one area, this is a genuine, like, I do not care if they don't make the playoffs guys. No one's done this. Let's stop overthinking this. Vlad 
tough beat my guy you know what i mean like it's a tough beat like any other year you know what i mean it's like being in the same supporting actor category with jk simmons and whiplash you know what i mean like it's a tough beat like you're just not beating that right you're not being your heath ledgers every now and then just becomes a, a generational performance from shohei otani again if the batting falls off which it has a little bit uh post all-star break for otani for sure but at the same time his pitching has picked up he's gotten better a little bit as a pitcher in the second half so my thing is he's done both he's at he's like the major league leader in home runs Guys, please don't overthink this. Give it to the guy who's doing both things. We've never seen this. Um, and Vlad, again, it's just a tough beat. Not to mention he's a DH. So it's like, not only is he just doing batting, he's also not <laughs> doing much in the field. So it's like, let's let's give some props to Otani and also give props to Otani for, for the speed. You know what I mean? This is a guy that also has speed on the base paths at the same time. So that's kind of uh, how I view it. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I mean, pretty much the way we've seen Mike Trout roll, I, I've kind of just thrown the record out of the window because I feel like Mike Trout has kind of broken that mold where your record doesn't really matter. So for Shohei Otani, I basically feel like if he could keep, you know, 90% of the production he's done this season over the next 10 years, I think he should be the automatic winner of the MVP award pretty much the next 10 years. I mean, Vlad Guerrero Jr. might win the triple crown this year and it should still be unanimous MVP for Shohei Otani because not there's no other player in baseball that's literally the ace of their team and the home run leader and uh, a potential stolen base leader and leading them in slugging like Shohei Otani just does way too much for his team and if you put him on any team in baseball he would easily be the MVP of that team because of what he does on both sides of the plate uh, or the mound at the plate I, I don't even know what you would call it so Shohei Otani is definitely the MVP I think of the league and now you know with Kyle Gibson going over to the National League as you said Shohei Otani has been picking it up pitching wise in the second half is there a possibility that this guy could come home with the Cy Young award too Javi and I will wrap up our MVP conversation, but it's that time of year again and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code LOCKEDON. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts a car will need. Winder often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customer. 
Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up the pod. Not impossible, not impossible. I think there have probably been a couple of better pitchers. I think Garrett Cole has probably been a little bit better. And uh, Carlos Rodon, I think, uh, for, I actually haven't checked a lot of American League pitching stats uh, in a while. It just feels like the National League has more interesting pitchers right now. But like, no. yeah, I mean, Caprillion of the A's could could absolutely do it. He's like a little dark horse candidate, but um, I, I don't think he gets both. I would root for it though, don't get me wrong. And if he keeps on the current pace he's at, then it's going to be a fascinating conversation where it's like, this is going to be nuts. Like this guy might just come up with all the awards. You know what I mean? It's going to be like a, uh, I, I don't even know, like a moonlight. No moonlight didn't win that many Oscars. I don't know why I keep doing the movies cross referencing. I don't know why I'm obsessed with that today. I, and also I hate the Oscars. So that's another thing, but uh, yeah, I think that it would, it would take a little bit more, but if he keeps on his current pace, it has to be brought up. And also because it's not like there's another, there's too many super dominant pitchers in the American league right now. Yeah, and I don't want to hear like, oh, he's only pitched, you know, started 25 games, so you can't give him the Cy Young. If a pitcher can only start 30 games and win MVP, I, I think it's a little bit talking both sides out of your mouth that that's going to be mm-hmm. the argument because I, I just firmly believe pitchers can't win the MVP just because they don't mm-hmm. affect enough games. For me personally, I just need more than – if you're pitching 60 games half the season, then yeah, but just to only affect 30 games and maybe, you know – be responsible for 27 of those wins, assuming you have like six crappy games. So I'm just not in on pitchers winning MVPs. But right now in the American League, there's two pitchers with an ERA below three. As you were saying, the National League is a lot deeper with pitchers this season. Uh, They currently have eight guys with an ERA below three. But you want to take a guess at the two pitchers in the American League with an ERA below three, Javi? Is it Rodon and Caprillion? Is it those two guys? Number one, Lance Lynn, where two, two, six. Oh, that's right. I knew no. I was okay. It's it's Lance Lynn. Okay, there we go. But number fun, oh well, the real fun one. Number two, Robbie Ray, <laughs> two eighty eight. Robbie Ray, our boy, second <laughs> in the American League in ERA right now. Unreal, like, man. like that's Shout how it's a Robbie Ray. What a god! It's oh insane. Otani doesn't technically qualify. I don't think he's made enough starts mm-hmm. for earned run average according to Baseball Reference. But he's at like a two nine three. Garakol's at like a three eleven. He's been going the opposite way since uh mm-hmm. since uh, you know the crackdown. So. I definitely think Otani's winning MVP. If he wasn't a pitcher, I would probably give it to Vlad Guerrero Jr. But since he does pitch, it's going to Otani. And I think Tatis has probably taken home the NL MVP award also. And right before we go, Javi, real quick, any chance Joe Musgrove has a hot end to the season, takes home the Cy Young? (laughs) No, I don't think he's taking home the Cy Young. I mean, he would have to have we've mentioned his name enough times so he's have to have like a jake arietta stretch he'd have to have a jack flaherty uh more recent example type of stretch where he just goes absolutely nuts at the end of the year um if there's like some sort of most improved player uh that could probably be something for um joe musgrove to be in contention for because mm. this is after all like a guy that they again 
he wasn't, they didn't really give up too much for him. I mean, it's not like he was some expected to be this amazing uh, for the team, not to mention the no hitters, the great moments, San Diego native and all that stuff, but maybe like a most improved sort of thing. Maybe if we want to make our own alternative awards, uh, that could be a thing. But otherwise, I think the only Padre that really has a chance of that is Tatis, unless Manny Machado, who's had a very great season, um, unless he comes in and does like a really nuts type of stretch because he hasn't had like the the blitz you know blitzkrieg i don't know what i was gonna say that like just (laughs) an absolute like ultimate you know like rampage moment like tatis has had those those week and a half stretch where you're like oh my god like machado hasn't had like the joey vado streak he hasn't had the you know uh kyle schwarber type of streak and that's fine he's still been great like make no mistake about that have a piece coming about him um uh, this week for a mm. website, uh, just baseball, everybody tune in for that. Hopefully it's really? out by the time you're listening to this. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's basically it for the Padres. Maybe you get a couple gold glove contenders, maybe Trent Grisham up there in defensive run saves from what I checked and Jake Cronenworth could definitely be considered maybe not leader in the biggest range factor and all the advanced stats, defensive runs, ultimate zone rating, but you combine the fact that he is still pretty high up in those categories with the versatility and the fact that he plays a bunch of different places that might uh, net him uh, some looking into, I think. So we'll have to see how it all pans out. I'm guessing you don't have ha Kim as Rookie of the Year? <sighs> Uncalled for. Uncalled <laughs> right. for. Uncalled for, man. I've got to fall. I, I, hey, that's another interesting race, too, between Jonathan India and Trevor Rogers. I can't wait to see uh, how that pans out. I can't wait to see. And if you need to go see or if you need to place a bet on it, just check out Bet Online. We're not here to do a live read. Just a quick shout-out. Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padre. Just please, the listeners, they, they're very forgetful. Where can they go find you? Uh, you can find me at Javapeno on Twitter, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And then you can find the Twitter page for the show, the Lockdown Padres account, at L-O underscore Padres. Got good memes on both of those uh, little Twitter pages. I've been tweeting for my personal a little bit less lately. I'll get back onto that, though, soon. But don't worry, uh, all sorts of content, especially for this last leg of the season. And yeah, if, sometimes I tweet about video games too. If you care about that, I'm playing this wow. this one game Miller Dodgeball Academia. Okay, to get that. It sounds fun. I'm a big dodgeball guy. Big big dodgeball guy. So my literal like peak of my high school career involved dodgeball. So I'm <laughs> okay. very much excited to play this. Uh, so look out for that stuff, I guess, guys. All right, we'll be on the lookout for that. Dodgers, or excuse me, not Dodgers. D-backs, the team that breaks <laughs> the Padres back. Who knew? All right, wow. who knew javi thanks for hopping on today we know you're a busy man i'll catch you next time sir it's uh it's been a lot of fun man as always that's it for this edition of the lockdown dimebacks podcast remember betting on the d-backs doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new lockdown bets podcast hosted by your boy q and handicapping expert lee sterling get daily picks 